Tavares backhand towards the goal. Loose puck. Everybody scores! Tie game! Can you believe it? Up the boards. Can't get it out. Sweeney blasts for it. Scores! Gretzky controlling it. Inside the blue line. Gretzky gets it. He shoots. He scores! This is one of the best World Junior games we have ever seen. Hi, everybody. It's Bryn Griffiths along with Paul Almeida. This is Canada Bears Sportcast, Episode 1 from Prague in the Czech Republic. That's We've, right. This is exciting. We've been talking about this for months, and here we are. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable how fast, from the first time we <laughs> did our, our, you know, our first podcast, it was like a, uh, a thought, you know, that seemed like so far away that we're going to be here, to actually be here now is unbelievable well we started recording in september but we've been talking about this since june yes so it's uh it's kind of amazing that i know one thing the week before we got over here the uh the speed in which this uh event was coming towards us was like a freight train (laughs) it was like like, oh my god i can't believe how fast this is coming now so it was a freight train with a a checklist of things to do before departure that seemed to be getting longer and longer (laughs) and the time is getting shorter and shorter prior to departure (laughs) We are in the main lobby. Tell everybody about the hotel. It's fabulous. We're live at the Clarion Congress Hotel in Prague, and uh, we've used this hotel for quite a few of our groups in the past. And uh, the location is really, you know, fantastic. We're so close to uh, the downtown, uh, a few metro spots away, uh, 12 minutes from the hotel to the downtown area. And... uh, the hotel itself has gone under a refurbishment, and it looks absolutely fantastic and uh, a perfect place for our host hotel here in Prague. That's for You know sure. who I feel sorry for is the ladies in reception because they have to put up with us uh, all, yes, afternoon. all afternoon. Oh, sure, they're laughing now yeah. and applauding and giving the thumbs up. But nonetheless, I feel very sorry for them because they're going to have to hear us for another half hour. That's right. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about the the whole event. Let's talk about the tour first and and everything we've done so far, and then we'll talk about the World Junior Hockey Championship event, which starts up on Boxing Day in Canada with two great matchups. It's the Czech Republic taking on Russia in the opener, and then just to make it even more fun, the nightcap is Canada and the U.S. There's two big rivalries. I can't wait. And like I said, we'll get to that in a minute. But let's talk about this tour that you've been putting together. You've yeah. been working on this for how long? Oh, we've been working on it for about 15 months at least. Uh, we started taking deposits from people that went uh, on past tours because we give them the first opportunity to register every time. So we took the first deposits, I believe, in November of 2018. Wow. So that's when people started registering for the tour. And then to be here, like I say, it just it seems like yesterday that people were uh, inquiring about the tour. And then I put the information out. And now to actually be here and putting it to fruition to put it to you know to actually happening is unbelievable well i'm not surprised to hear that because some of the people who have only been here for a few days already Mm -hmm. are already talking about sweden Sweden (laughs) in two years time and i'm thinking let's just have some fun with this one (laughs) and then you can start worrying about that yeah i know that's the way it works it's uh, they get so excited and they enjoy 
the things that we put together for them, uh, the walking tours, the meals, the events, the activities that uh, for them, it's more than just a hockey tour. You know, they come over here to experience Europe and get their hockey at the same time. And a lot of these people will uh, go back home and start saving for Sweden. And uh, they just love coming to the World Juniors in Europe and experiencing the different cultures, the different cities, the different countries, uh, their traditions at Christmas, their, their you know, their cuisine. Uh, just the atmosphere is uh, different, uh, obviously, than what it is at home. And then they also, one of the biggest parts of the event is they enjoy meeting people from different parts of Canada that come over here to cheer the team. And a lot of these people only see each other at the World Juniors, but they stay in touch and they're, you know, looking forward to coming here. I mean, you've seen some crews. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Booze crews, you know, some of them. And they, they're having a great time. I didn't know time. that the lobby bar opened that early in the morning. Well, but And I know how late it closes, <laughs> but they're ready to go in the morning, too. Yeah, they slide over right from breakfast right into the lobby bar. <laughs> and then uh, usually they, the same ones close the bar in the evening. So it's uh, quite a tour. And uh, it's interesting as well. We have people of all ages here. You yes. Know, we have kids. We have uh, young families. Uh, you know, people that are, uh, you know, in their 50s and then people that are re retired and uh, people here with grandkids. So it's a, it's a mixture of everybody and everybody has a great time and enjoy spending time together. We're all here for the same thing. Want to have a great time. Want to support Canada. I don't think I, and we've been doing this a bit now since September. I don't think I've ever asked this because I didn't have a chance to actually physically see it in front of my own eyes. But this is almost seamless, and it just doesn't happen that way. How long have you been planning this for? Well, like we've been planning straight for over a year and a half, Bryn. And uh, uh, we've been bringing groups to the Czech Republic for 26 years. And uh, that's a huge difference for me. I know the city inside and out. Uh, we know a lot of the tours that we're doing are tours that we've done many times over. Uh, a lot of our guides, uh, who you've met now, some of our guides uh, have been doing work for us for many years and it's really you know nice for me to bring a group here uh at this time of year to show off the czech republic because for me it's almost like a second home uh, i've been here for 26 years each year at least a week sometimes two three weeks a year in prague so for me this is like a second home I have to say that, and I'm going to say a couple of things here. One, we flew over in KLM. Yeah. Uh, we Edmonton to Amsterdam, for, at least for me. Edmonton to Amsterdam, Amsterdam into Prague. The flights were flawless. The uh, the staff were amazing. The the uh, the flight attendants were fantastic, and it was really quite a comfortable experience getting from there to here. And then the other thing that that has been quite noticeable to me is. Uh, how much of a family atmosphere it is, not only with the people who are here, but also the hotel people know you're coming. Haven't met anybody here yet on the Czech Republic where I went to them and said to myself, wow, I wonder what, you know, who pissed in their cornflakes, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, everybody's been so friendly. And speak English. Most people yes. speak English. And, and uh, you know, we went off the beaten track today a little bit and went to a little cafe and no problem ordering things in English. You know, people sometimes are a little intimidated when they come to a country like this thinking, you know, I don't speak the language. Uh, how am I going to order food? How am I going to get around? What if I get lost? What if I don't remember my hotel? You know, but, you know, people here in, in North America, uh, sorry, in Europe in general, the younger generation especially, they learn English. That's the language of business. And they That's like the to language. try it out. And 
you know, movies and television shows that we're used to in North America are making their way here. And, uh, you know, English for them is an important language. Yeah. They'll, they'll, although I had to go to the pharmacy for a medication yeah. today. Uh, I don't even know if I want to no, go down this road. No, I wouldn't road. go there. Uh, but it wasn't for anything that would be, it would be a guy thing. Let me just say that, okay? I didn't go for medication for a guy thing. It was my bad throat. And the, the lady behind the counter could not speak. And, it, yeah. and it, I just needed uh, some uh, lozenges. Apparently you couldn't either if you needed it. For no, I didn't. Throat. But I did I did download the Google Translation uh, app. Yeah. And so I typed in throat lozenges. And, of course, it has the name. And, and I go, English? And she shook her head, no. Yeah. And I, so I said, oh, no. And so I pointed uh, this out to her. Oh, yeah. She went right to it, and then she came back and wrote down exactly how much that yeah. was. And I'm assuming it was correct, <laughs> and I paid it. But 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 her she just never. It's not like she was at any point uh, concerned with right. the fact we couldn't communicate. She yeah. found a way to make it happen, and she did it with a wonderful smile on her face. It was great. Yeah, and I you know I got a SIM card yesterday, and no problem whatsoever communicating with people or getting what you need. And we also you know supply people with a list of a few little different uh, words and phrases that are nice to know because it's nice to at least make an attempt. They appreciate that you make an attempt to talk their language or try to understand what they're saying as well. I noticed with uh, wait staff in particular, you're talking English for the most part with them, but you say decui. Yeah. Always thank you. Say thank you. Well, thanks and, very much. Yeah. And, and they appreciate that. They appreciate yes. that you're making an effort to say something in their home language. Yep. Okay, let's talk about how many people are showing up for this because uh, here again, uh, and I'm putting the compliment out to you, and I know that you'll blush, but I, I, I mean it. This is a big group that you're moving around. Oh, this yeah. is the biggest group ever for you? Biggest group for one event, yes. Okay. Uh, we've had groups about this size, but separated uh, all over Europe. But to have one group in one place at the same time, this is our biggest group. Uh, we have about 160 people here right now. Okay. We have a couple more arriving tonight. And then uh, our next big arrival is on uh, the 27th uh, for the people that wanted to spend Christmas with their families at home with their families. They left on Boxing They're leaving on Boxing Day and they'll arrive on the 27th. And we have two buses in Prague, two buses in Vienna, picking up and driving them directly to uh, Ostrava. So that uh, to Olomouc, sorry, where we're staying just outside of Ostrava. And uh, then the, they'll miss the first game, unfortunately. But uh uh, There's plenty more to come. They have plenty of hockey games after that that they're going to be at. I've traveled a little bit through Western Europe. This is Central Europe, and I have not had a chance to come to Prague before. Wow, what a city. You know, that Prague tour where we start up at the castle. Numbing. Just, uh, the views you get from up there are just fantastic. Uh, the history of everything. And the one thing that uh, is important for people who are at home and haven't been to Europe uh, to understand, a lot of the cities in Europe were really badly destroyed in the wars. Correct. Prague is not one of them, because the Germans rolled into the Czech Republic first and took over this area. It wasn't until they started pushing into Poland that other countries started to jump in and say, hey, this isn't right. Right. And so uh, you go to downtown Prague, a lot of those buildings are five, 600 years old. The cobblestone streets are still there. They're not paved over. So it's uh, quite a magical place, quite a historic place. And uh, it's a place where, you know... Uh, it's untouched. Pe people come here and they're just in awe. Yeah. You know, there are, there's no other way to say it. They go to that old town square 
they look around, they're in awe of what's going on. They're in awe of the, you know, the markets that are going on right now and everything else. So it's quite something to experience just watching people see it for the first time. And it's it, the, the, the walking tour in Prague is, is not a short one, but I tell you, there's a lot to see along the way. Our good friend Rob Hislop is taking pictures here, and we will tell this story because, uh, because it will embarrass him. And that is the fact that uh, he's uh, been taking pictures, but he's always been behind us. Yes, yes. And we've always had to be looking behind us to see, okay, where is he now and that kind yeah. of stuff. The negative for his from his standpoint is that if he's taking any pictures of our shot or of our group from behind, it's usually you and me looking back to see where the hell is he? Where is he? Yeah. But it's because he's so thorough in his pictures and he's done an unbelievable job. Well, he's focusing on what he's taking photos of and we're walking as a group down the street trying to keep up to the group. But he stops and says, oh, there's an interesting thing to shoot. And he focuses in on it. Then it's like, oh, my God, I'm way behind. Oh, some of his pictures are unbelievable. Oh, uh, the, the pictures uh, that he's taken so far, people are extremely happy to, uh, to have him along. And uh, it's a service that we wanted to provide for all our clients that, you know, we have a professional photographer here taking pictures of them throughout the tour every day that we're going to post on a secure website for them at the end of the tour. They can take them all down and take whatever they want. So uh, he's putting up on that webpage right now about 100 a day, 200 a day, but I'm sure he's got thousands. Way more day. than that. And we'll get him on one of our podcasts oh, between sure. now and the end as well. Uh, so obviously uh, just under 300 people are moving along with us. And uh, th- we've done some great things so far. We, we obviously hit the castle, did a walking tour down into the Old Town Square. The, uh, we we hit, had a medieval banquet night. Yes. That was pretty special, yeah, too. Yeah, it was special for you, I think. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got kind of cornered a little bit. I did. I, I went to the men's facilities, and, I, and uh, there's, uh, of course, between the meal servings, they put it's, on a show. And it's pretty tight in there. I'll say yes, that. The it's tables, like a little dungeon down there. There's not a lot of space in between tables and anything yeah. else, and the entertainment kind of walks up and down those little corridors yeah. and do their thing. Well, I thought I could get to the men's room and back to my table in time so that it wouldn't interfere with anything. That uh, did not happen. No. Uh, it, just as I was halfway between that room and that table, there was a very attractive uh, woman who was uh, kind of dancing. She was, okay, you want to bring up the, yes, yeah, all right. I wasn't going to mention the belly dance <laughs> part, but you just have, and was kind of spinning torches, like real actual flaming yes. torches around. Yes. And uh, she recognized that I was kind of like the uh, you know what, headlights. Yeah, well, what, you know, it's like I said, there could be a, yeah, a herd of elk, and you find that there's one the wounded one. That's right. <laughs> and you find, uh, you know, the the wolf finds that one that's just kind of lagging behind just a little bit. And I happen to be that particular elk, yeah. and she just zoned right in on me, and she looked me in the eye and gave me a little bit of a smile, and I and I just all I could do was stand there and go. Okay, I'm part of the show here. Yeah. And it was fun. Everybody else seemed to like it. Oh, I watched it from about 50 <laughs> feet away. And, and as soon as you walked down that corridor and she came around the corner, I go, oh boy. Yeah, that's not going to be good. But the whole thing was fabulous. A dinner oh, and, and uh, they had uh, a band that played. Oh, and yeah. it was, it was evil instruments. Yeah. And then we had uh, a sword fight, uh, which... Uh, I'm glad I missed that. I don't think some of that stuff would fly in Canada. The sword fighting in stuff? In terms of insurance. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. <laughs> 
where they're throwing, you know, flaming torches right beside you in between two tables that are eating and a sword play. <laughs> and I mean, they were metal swords. They were not plastic yeah, swords. I know. They must have been pretty good at and, uh, uh, guys uh, spitting fire into the air. That and, was pretty amazing. Yeah. And it, it was, it was, it was just warm. A, it was quite warm. And it was the final act because if something had caught on fire, we would have all been able to yeah, get out. There's the one exit. So. Well, that's what I actually, I asked somebody about that and they said, no, we have, we have lots of exits around here. Yeah. And do I, do you, buy, do you buy that? No. Okay. There might be a trap door down into the... Well, you know I'm claustrophobic, so all the way through dinner I kept saying to myself, there's got to be more more than one way out of here. But it was a great, we had a lot of fun. It was great. And uh, we also did a river cruise last night. Yeah, that was fantastic. I really enjoyed that. Uh, the spread was really... The food was fantastic. And uh, just being on the river in Prague, you know, when you look at doing something like that, you know, the thought that always goes through your head is, what if it's a rainy day? We had a boat with a glass roof so that everybody yeah. can see everything. What if it's a rainy day? What if it's a foggy day? What if it's a snowy day? And you don't get that view and you don't get that experience. I don't think it would have, re- you know, it was a great experience, but even if it had been miserable, that, this group wouldn't have cared. No, they, but they, for I, me, it's I know for you, right? it's a big thing, but I just think that everyone enjoyed the meal so much. Yeah. And the experience and the camaraderie that I don't think it would have been, it would have dampened any anybody's enthusiasm for it. I just think that it just made the night. It was a great night. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was yeah. fantastic. It was a, a really great night. And, um, you know, things like that, again, are, 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 I think, things that people need to experience when they come to a place like this, to see the city from the water. After to see it at night, it's totally different than during yes. the day, isn't it? Yep. Like you go down there at night on the uh, on the boat cruise, and you have the Prod Castle lit up, the Charles Bridge lit up, you know the National Muse- the uh, Museum lit up, you know the theater lit up. It's a totally different view from the water. Christmas markets down at the Old Square, fantastic. Great food, you know, great drink. And I'm going to tell you right now, I I. Uh, I didn't realize that how much of a eating and drinking experience this was going to be because the beer is inexpensive and it's great. Yeah. And not only that, the food products that they're selling even at, at the uh, at the markets are fresh, unbelievable. Fresh and tasty. And, uh, uh, you know, they had uh, all the different sausages that they were grilling up. They had kebabs with vegetables and, uh, uh, I mean, so many things there. Fresh potato chips which you enjoyed as well. I th- those were fantastic. They were really good. And then, uh, you know, the mulled wine, all the different types of mulled wine, alcoholic. There were some non-alcoholic. There was uh, apple cider, hot chocolate. Um, and then you have, uh, you know, the store selling the Christmas trinkets and the Christmas, uh, you know, little souvenirs. And... Uh, Sweets, lots of sweets. I was just going to say, you and I, uh, and and our producer here, introduce our producer. Producer Mateo, my son, who's uh, uh, just turned 10 years old a couple of weeks ago, is uh, on the trip and his second time to the Czech Republic, so he's very lucky. As a producer, he dragged us into one of the candy stores. He did. did. Sorry, I actually did because I was so (laughs) amazed. I thought that candy store was so amazing. That we had to go in there. He was more than happy to come in, too. Oh, yeah. He's always happy to go anywhere with candy. Research, research, research. Yeah, today he did research on a waffle with chocolate sauce and then crumbled Oreo on top. So It looked a a little (laughs) uh, heavy, sugary-wise, I thought. Yeah, they they tried to convince him to go with the dark chocolate that's unsweetened because they thought it would be too much. (laughs) Unsweetened? He wouldn't go for that. So... (laughs) 
But yeah. it, the milkshake that he had afterwards with the whipped cream kind of, kind of balanced it. Yes, you absolutely. Know, balanced the sugar intake. Lots of shops. Uh, the markets were fantastic. And just the ambience of the city. And the other thing, too, we've had two really nice days. Yes. We had one nice day, one that had a, a few sprinkles, but it, it just seemed that every every day where the weather was just a little bit different added a little different feel to the city. Or is that, you know, am I a rookie oh, yeah. here in Prague? Am well, I? And today was absolutely beautiful. It was the best day we've had so far. Clear, uh, no wind, uh, just a great day to go around town and look at all the sights. Uh, and everywhere around the corner, there's always something to see. You saw something out of the corner of your eye today that we had to go to. The Franz Kafka Metamorphosis, uh, you know, uh, uh, statue that they yeah. built there. That's the moving statue of the head of uh, Franz Kafka. And uh, there, every time you turn around a corner in Prague, you're going to see something interesting. That's it's funny. I'd sure. seen that on YouTube a million times. Yeah. And we're just walking down this one street, and I just happened to glance over to the right and go, hey, is that that thing? Yeah. That, and you said, yeah, it is. Just out of the blue. It was a big surprise today. But lots of lots of places we visited. I uh, visited Terezin yesterday. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, as much as we can talk about all the uh, exciting stuff, yep. there's also a lot of thought-provoking stuff, too. And the visit for me to Terezin was uh, pretty special. And again, it's something that, uh, you know, you need to see when you come to this part of Europe. It's part of their history. It's part of world history. And I think it's important that people see it themselves because I think a lot of times now we take some of these, these things that happened in the past as, oh, that's a long time ago. That's in the past. That could never happen could again. Could never happen again. And then you're there looking at it and you're like, how did this start? How did it happen? How did they, how did we let it happen? I, that's, that was the big thing for me. How, how do we, how do how we, do we get to this? that point? Right? I know. How do you get to that point where this isn't actually happening? This is an actuality in the world, uh, in the Western world. We're not talking about third world in the Western world. How does this happen? And, uh, you know, you see how much people suffered there. You see the type of conditions that they lived in. And to, to, we got to tell people it was a prison first, right? Yeah, it was a prison. Uh, the town of Terezin is an actual town in the Czech Republic. And next to it, there is a fortress. And that fortress initially was exactly as intended, a fortress, which later became a prison. And then during the Second World War, uh, the Nazi occupation used that prison as a concentration camp where they would send you know political prisoners that sort of thing and, and then people, turned into a distribution center as that's well right from there you know people were sent to auschwitz which we're going to go to during the world juniors yep. to poland uh they were sent to dachau to Mauthausen, to treblinka treblinka yep. to different you know other concentration camps that uh you know horrific things happened the they you know, but I can't, can't I, overlook I can't it. Think about you, you just it, you know? can't overlook it. That's the one thing, you know, I, I, some people I've talked to said, I don't want to see that. I don't need to see that. And yeah. everybody has the option to do what they want. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but for me, I love history. I like looking back on history and it's not all happy history. It's not all happy history. And, uh, you know, you talked about Bryn and I've been there many times. I didn't go this time because we had a bunch of people arriving that day. But you talked about, and I know, you know, people get a little bit overwhelmed when they're there, but to actually go into one of those rooms where they used to put hundreds of people, and it's not a very big room. 
We had a group of 35. They put us in a room and they said 90 people would sleep in this room. And at 35, I have a little bit of claustrophobia, I don't mind saying. I just couldn't imagine it. It was it's just inconceivable to me that they would put that many people in a room that size. It just made me uh, want to get out of that room as fast as I possibly could. It's just uh, inhumane, yeah. but it's part of history, and I guess we always must learn from the mistakes we make. Oh, so. absolutely, and I think, uh, you know, it's one thing, you know, my son went, and he's 10 years old, and people are always asking me, you know, Paul, is this something that I should take my son on or my child? And you know, I would say you know, they're going to learn about it in school at some point. Yeah. And for them to see it firsthand, there's no better education than that. That's for sure. I agree. Okay, let's uh, let's start talking about the World Junior Championship, which is going to start up on Boxing Day. We told you already it's the Czechs and the Russians on the uh, opening matchup in the afternoon and Canada against the Americans in the evening nightcap. Looking very much forward to that. Canada have played two pre-tournament games and uh, two really good results. The first one, they came up with a 3-0 win over the Swiss. I like that because Switzerland play us tough. They're one of those teams that play, you know, very well defensively. They're always well organized. and uh, Big heart. Big heart. You know, they try to win all the battles. You know, they play, you know... Like, they have to play. They don't have a lot of offensive weapons. Right. And they're d- developing players. They're an up-and-coming nation when it comes to hockey. They're, they've had a strong domestic league for many years with many Canadians playing in it. And uh, there have been quite a few Canadian coaches there. Um, and they're starting to produce better and better and better players. You know, we're all familiar with Roman Yossi, who is a fantastic player in the NHL, one of the top defensemen in the NHL, top 20 for sure. Oh, yeah. Maybe top 10 for Could sure. Could play in my, any one of my teams if I Absolutely. had an NHL team. Very fantastic. And then we're seeing the Nico Heischers of the world, who went first overall. Uh, we're seeing Nito Niederreiters and, and other Swiss players being drafted higher and higher and higher. So they're starting to produce top-notch players. And we're seeing it as well at Olympic events, that their older generation is still very strong, and then they're getting this push from the younger generation, they're going to get stronger and stronger as we go along here. And one thing that I think people don't look at, whether it's the um, World Juniors or whether it's the uh, World Championships, is that some of these countries are getting stronger and stronger. It's not us. It's not us that are getting weaker. They're getting better. They're getting better. And part of that is that we're helping them. Because we send coaches and great coaches. And we the same problem happens in curling. We're yep. sending wonderful coaches in curling to a lot of these other countries. And now it's coming back to haunt us because the, the great coaching they're getting from a lot of Canadians yep. is, is starting to pay off dividends, and it's coming back and in, in hurting us. Well, that's what happened <laughs> with soccer with England and, uh, you know, the traditional countries. Yeah. You know, their uh, colonies start to play the game, and it starts to spread worldwide. And as you play more international tournaments, they learn from you. They see how to produce players. They bring guys in, as you mentioned. And sometimes we overlook that and we compare to, oh, Canada in the 70s, we would win these tournaments, world championships or whatever. But these these countries now are developing better players, more players. And that's the key. At the World Juniors, we're still one of the dominant countries because they don't have the volume of players at the same age group. Developmentally, they're not quite there as well. Yeah, they're not developing 20 superstar players. Yeah. They're developing five, six, seven, eight good players. 
But that number is growing year by year where they're going to get more and more competitive. And even in a tournament like this, you cannot discount a team like Switzerland, a team like Germany. They can surprise you. Especially if you're not ready for it. And, but who, and who knows what Kazakhstan's going to be like. Nobody knows. Trip up game. Is like people always like oh, to yeah. talk about. You got to be ready for everybody here. Oh yeah. But a three nothing win over the Swiss. I consider that to be a real positive. And then just the other night, they took on Finland, the yeah. defending champs, and Team Canada coming up with a four two victory. And that for me, that's a huge. You want to build some confidence level for Team Canada. That's uh, that's a good one. It's a big win, and uh, I've been following a few uh, reporters and uh, prospect experts from Finland, and they've been saying that this is not a bad Finnish team, that it's a team that should be able to compete. They're the defending champions. They have some guys coming back with some experience. So, again, it's not a team that you can look at and say, oh, we should be able to beat them, no problem. That's not the case. Um, we know the Americans are going to be strong. And, uh, you know, Canada's group as a whole... Yeah, let's talk about that before we kind of wrap things up here a little bit. It's not quite a group of death because only one team's going to get bumped out of here. Yeah. But nonetheless, that's pretty competitive, and you'd like to get off to a good start at this event and keep the momentum going. And that's the key is, you know, if you get off to a bad start, then every game becomes even more important. And then at the end, you're going to be squeezing a stick if you need to beat the Germans to stay up in fourth place. So for Canada... Very important they get off to a good start against the United States. And I think that the key for them is going to be those games against Russia and the Czech Republic because they have to win those games. Obviously, the talent level strong with Team Canada. But one of the things that scares me about this event is we can talk about this team being strong, that mm -hmm. team not being so strong or whatever. Goaltending seems to be something that is always hugely talked about at this event, and that's because sometimes you can watch a kid from a, a maybe a, a lesser talented country absolutely play the tournament of his life and almost carry them into the medal round. And that's all it takes. I mean, we see it in the NHL where a goalie can carry a team through a series. You or, know why they call two. it the Stanley Cup Finals? Because you can't call it goalie. That's right. Right? If you don't have a goalie, you're not winning anything. Right. And we've all seen a goaltender come up against the best team that you've seen in a long time, and they get knocked out in the first round or the second round, and they just can't score on the guy. Well, this is, this is similar. This is a 10, 11-day tournament where you're playing four-round robin games, three playoff games. Yeah. You get a goalie hot, and the United States and had a run very strong goalie in Spencer Knight, but you get a strong goaltending performance from, uh, you know, anybody... It's going to carry you, again, it doesn't matter what team you are. So there always is, and especially one game. When you're playing one game elimination after in the playoffs, you get a goalie that has the game of his life. Doesn't you, As you know, you could throw 60, 70 oh, shots we've seen at him. It. And you come out of there and you just lost 3-2 and you wonder, how did it happen? And vice versa, you have goaltending performances that are questionable. Forgettable would be the word I would <laughs> use. Regrettable, yes. forgettable, questionable. <laughs> You're going to be in a tough spot. Yeah. You know, you let in a couple of soft ones early in, a, in an elimination game. And it really gets in inside your head. And then just to kind of wrap things up here, obviously we have the favorites. We all know who they are. Right yep. now it just seems like everybody's leaning to Team USA, and, and that's fine. They're a great squad and uh, certainly full value for being one of the teams that people think are going to take it all. Let's quickly talk about the Czech Republic team. 
This is a team that uh, there's not a lot of high expectations for, but they're playing at home. There's nothing better, Bryn, than going into a tournament and not having high expectations. <laughs> and yeah. having the whole crowd behind you, the whole nation behind you. Imagine if they win that first game against Russia, what that would do to their confidence. Oh, yeah. What that would do to have... It's an attention getter is what it is. Stadium filled, noisy, drums going, and beating Russia, getting those two points in the bank, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, maybe we're not so bad. Maybe we can win this tournament. We're at home. We have all the crowd behind us. Maybe our goaltender's playing out of his mind. Low expectations. And, you know, you run into them in the semifinals, those are teams that be a loud building. Yeah, it's a loud teams. building with uh, people get excited, <laughs> and you know how it is when, you know, we all remember uh, the Oilers run in two thousand six. That's how, a classic example of getting how on that a run. Momentum just builds, and it gets to the point where you're like, oh, we could beat them. I know who, who we play next. Oh, it's we funny you should them. say because they surprised the Detroit Red Wings. Yep. Steve Eiserman's last games as a Detroit Red Wing player. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they go on to take on San Jose, fall down two nothing covered that series in San Jose and they came back to Edmonton down two nothing and I was totally convinced they were going to win that series and that's because you hang around a team like that long enough and you, you can feel swagger. that confidence yeah. and swagger and you're thinking these guys aren't done nope. and this is what can happen here it can definitely happen and, and that, again especially with a team that has no con- no expectations on them yeah because then they can just let it go as a coach that, that's a dream our, our producer's telling us to wrap things up. We've gone too long. Uh-oh. Is that, are we cutting into your milkshake time? Are we, is that what? <laughs> we, uh, oh, yeah, look at this. Okay, tapping his watch. Tapping the watch. Nicely done. You yeah. brought him on board. That's your fault. That's right. But, yeah, it's going to be a great tournament. I'm really looking forward to it, Bryn, and uh, I can't wait till the 26th. We weren't planning on doing this podcast today, but we just thought, let's have some fun and test yeah. the, the equipment out. And the, the ladies across the reception looked like they needed uh, it's been a little some quiet. entertainment. It's been a little quiet, though, for the last little bit. And there's more people coming and checking in, which is very, very nice. Uh, so uh, it's been fun for us to do this. The next podcast comes your way following Canada and the U.S. Yeah, it'll be around uh, midnight our time, which will be four o'clock back at home. Yes. So uh, perfect time for you to tune in and listen to uh, us talk about the game and the experience that we have that day. And uh, it, we're going to live stream it so you can watch us getting ready to, oh to go. Gosh. And then, of course, we'll record it and then we'll release that podcast within a matter of minutes. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking very much forward to it. And it'll be from our hospitality suite. So who knows? And it's funny you should say that because, OK, so we already have 160 people here and it's yeah. already crazy now. I have a feeling. And by the way, we were talking on a previous podcast about we need to have a nickname for the, uh, the, uh, the hospitality, hospitality suite. suite. I have received a few okay. uh, suggestions, and we'll address that after that Canada-U.S. game, and we'll kind of dub the hospitality suite. Maybe we'll get a few more at the Christmas party we can, we, Preferably a little later in the evening once <laughs> the, uh, the, the festivities are, are kind of winding down. So. Well, I'm sure those guys will be in the bar. We can talk uh, to them. Or we could always talk to them later this morning, you know, later tomorrow morning <laughs> or whatever. After breakfast. Yes, after Slide breakfast. the bar and do a poll. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Paul, thanks. We'll check in with you. Uh, coming up on Boxing Day. Are you okay? I'm good. All right. Thanks for listening. They're trying to turn the lights off, and they turn the lights off.